A three-pack of football transfers, a whole lot of high school commits ahead of this Wednesday signing day, and then, yes, Michigan State basketball, another outstanding performance. This time's at the hands of, well, old friend Rocket Watts. But, hey, sunny times in East Lansing, let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you guys so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white five days a week. If you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com with any questions, comments, and hey, you know what, if you're feeling like a good, good person, if you're in a really good mood, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe. Smash that five-star button on the podcast platform that you are listening to, and well, just above everything, just enjoy the next 20 or 30 minutes, and let's get rolling here. Man, this is fun. Uh, we're actually, once again, for like the however many shows in a row, we're smiling about football which is something that we didn't get to do during the season. But, hey, Jonathan Smith has got things headed in the right direction. He's having as good of an offseason as you could realistically hope for here if you are a Michigan State fan. Now we're going to start with the transfers here because they picked up three transfers on this beautiful Monday. And we're going to start with Jack Velling, a guy who, hey, when he hit the transfer portal from Oregon State, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah no, sure, it'd be fun. I just... I just don't think it's going to happen here. Like, sure, yeah, his old tight ends coach is here, his offensive coordinator, his head coach, hey, the quarterback that he liked to catch some passes from, yeah, he's here. But, guys, this is a West Coast kid from Washington. He had Washington show massive interest to him. Oregon show massive interest to him. And when you are the tight end that caught more passes than anyone else at that position last year with eight touchdown catches – you're going to have a lot of offers out there. So, yes, I know that the whole coaching staff was coming over here, and he's very familiar with the system. But, whoo-wee, there's a lot of established programs, let's call them right now, that wanted his services. Well, clearly, he believes in what Jonathan Smith is building. Offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren, tight ends coach Brian Wozniak, because, hey, you already know it by now, he has pledged his commitment to the green and white, the six foot four, 240-pound tight end, which, I'll say it again, nation High, tight end catches of eight touchdown. Sorry, eight touchdown catches amongst tight ends in the country. That was a word soup. I just belted out right there. Uh, anyway, one of those catches of his eight were from Aiden Childs as well. Of course, the quarterback that has committed to Michigan State. Now, this guy isn't just a threat in the red zone. He is a threat down the seam in the open field as well. Definitely profiles as a pass-catching tight end. Now, sure. If you watch the highlights, you may see that on a lot of his eight touchdown passes, or eight touchdown catches, I should say, that, yeah, sure, he was wide open, or, oh, he was schemed wide open. Okay, well, sure, he was schemed wide open, but, gee, I I wonder what's happening to the coaches that schemed him wide open. Uh, golly, I wonder where they're going to be next fall. It's, it's a whole unit that is going to work in harmony together. I mean, clearly they like to use him as their jack-of-all-trades in the red zone as well. So, yes, I get that. Hey, he's open in a lot of these uh, touchdown catches. I don't think he's going to have eight touchdowns next year by any means because that's just a massive number. But it's clear that he is a weapon that this staff is very familiar with using. So, right now, 
Uh, that's your starter, probably a tight end, especially like we said in pass catching situations. Uh, with Malik Carr, he's gone. He's out of here. I would highly doubt he returns to Michigan State. And then Evan Morris, another upperclassman at the tight end position as well. He is in the transfer portal too. So not only do you get a strong player, a strong red zone threat, a guy that has familiarity with this system, with this coaching staff, with this quarterback, you're also getting a really good mentor as well because... Hey, if there's one thing, and look, it wasn't all horrendous under Mel Tucker. There were a few good things that happened with him here at Michigan State, and one of them was the tight end recruiting because he had a good young crop of tight ends. Didn't really get to see them a lot before they truly blossomed like they hopefully will in the next few seasons, but guys like Michael Masunas, Jack Nickel, and Brennan Parachek as well, those three young guys, they get a really nice mentor in that room as well with Jack Velling. Also, in the pass-catching department, TJ Sheffield, transfer receiver out of Purdue. He commits to Michigan State as well for his 18th season of college football. That's hardly an exaggeration. That's not really a joke. He's actually here for his sixth year of college. That man was at Purdue for five years. But hey, he wants to burn up that sixth uh, year of eligibility. Why not do it here in East Lance in the five foot ten pass catcher? Uh, he had over the last three years combined. His first two years wasn't really that effective with the Boilermakers, but his last three years uh, combined for eleven touchdowns, over eleven hundred receiving yards, and also dabbled in the returning game as well. So it's almost as if. We said goodbye to Tyrell Henry, who, by the way, if you haven't heard by now, he went to Wisconsin. And instead, we just got a Tyrell Henry that is in his sixth year of college. I mean, it's it, both are a little different, but man, you watch both their tape. You watch what both of them can do in the receiving game and in the return game as well. And just like they did with Tyrell Henry, TJ Sheffield over at Purdue was really utilized on crossing routes throughout his career as well. A lot of the underneath routes. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like they just traded a younger Tyrell Henry for an older Tyrell Henry. So I, I know that might be a lazy comparison, but really when you watch these two kids play, that, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. So yes, I mean, I am personally bummed to see Tyrell Henry go. I'm a lot higher on him than a lot of other state fans were, no doubt about that. But yeah, I, I don't think the drop-off is going to be that steep, especially when you get a guy like TJ Sheffield in here. Now... Look, is he Keon Coleman? Is he Jaden Reed? Is he going to light the scoreboard? Like, no, he was Purdue's number two or number three option for the last three years. But I, am I really going to knock the kid for not having an outstanding year last year uh, with that offense that was uh, ugh, going to town, I guess we'll call it, at West Lafayette? Like, no, I can't really knock any offensive skill position players for not having uh, great numbers on the field last year in West Lafayette in their first season without Jeff Brom. So, I mean... I know that he doesn't have the flashiest stats, but I, I'm not going to put a ton of you know, panic into that. And that's maybe because I'm also not going to be asking for this kid to be wide receiver number one. Again, just like Tyler, Tyrell Henry, if he's your number three wide receiver or number four, that's great. You still need those guys on the field. Last but not least, in this transfer commit palooza that we celebrated on Monday, Jordan Turner. And he's coming home. That's right. Yes, he was at Wisconsin. He was a multi-year starter for the Badgers. He was a 2022 All-Big Ten honorable mention. But hey, the Farmington, Michigan native, he is coming home. Now, out of high school, he was also heav heavily recruited by defensive coordinator Joe Rossi. And from my understanding, once Jordan Turner put his name in the transfer portal, uh, Joe Rossi basically hopped in his car and drove to wherever Jordan Turner was that evening. He started to get in his ear 
ASAP. And what did Jordan, Jordan Turner do? Well, he visited East Lansing on an official visit nearly ASAP as well. So the six foot one, 240 pound linebacker is coming here with one more year of eligibility. Last year, uh, he had 135 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, and five sacks. And this is a guy that profiles to play in the middle linebacker position. I was talking with Ryan Herrings of Locked on Badgers just to get the lowdown on him. He says, like, yes, they, they will blitz him a lot. They really utilize his physicality. Is he a great pass catching linebacker? Not necessarily, but uh, those are very hard to come by in college. Guys, I'm just like you. I'm screaming up and down, get a pass coverage linebacker, get someone that could cover as a as a linebacker, but it's that's a lot easier to, to scream about than it is to actually do. But yes, this is a guy that is tough, physical, just really every single cliche of Big Ten defense that you could ask for. Uh, so right now in the linebacker room, as far as experienced guys go, it's Cal Halliday, Darius Snow, Jordan Hall. We'll see about Jacoby Winman. I keep hearing way too opposite things, uh, one from one camp saying, like, no, things are looking really good, actually, for his return to Michigan State, and the other camp saying, I would not count on that whatsoever. So I'm sorry I can't give you a little bit of inside information there other than just stay tuned. But, hey, if he doesn't come back, this is a guy that's going to fill the middle linebacker role. One other note I do want to have about transfers. We'll see this if this even goes anywhere. I don't want to do this for every single kid that enters his name in the transfer portal, but I do think interior offensive lineman Spencer Holstedge from UCLA is worth keeping an eye on, just like... Hey, the guy we just talked about, TJ Sheffield. He was at Purdue for quite some time before going to UCLA for one year over there. And, well, just like we talked about Jordan Turner, this guy is a Michigan native as well. So could he want to, quote-unquote, come home and fill a position group that really could use some help, some bodies, which, once again, I'll, I'll say this, this is my favorite set to bring up the last few weeks, but we are replacing six offensive linemen from last year's team you get an experienced guy, a grad student like Spencer Holstedge, that's maybe a guy you want to keep an eye on. All right, we're going to get into a lot of high school commits that we saw over the last few days and also what to expect as we lead up into early signing day here. But first, I need to talk your ear off about eBay Motors. Passion. Drive and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts, I'll say that again, 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for, and with eBay guaranteed fit, that part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or it's your hard-earned money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So what are you waiting for? Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Also, HomeFieldApparel.com is where you need to be if you're going to do some last-minute holiday shopping. And, well, even if it's not the Spartan in your life, just hook yourself up at HomeFieldApparel.com. They are the greatest apparel brand out there, whether it's the vintage logos. Hey, 
I'm repping my 1979 National Championship t-shirt, that which just looks sharp in any setting that I wear it in, whether it's tailgates, basketball games, job interviews, funerals. It's home field apparel on my body, also because it is the most comfortable article of clothing I have, whether it's the t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, the hats. They are, quite simply, feathery soft on your body, and also... Let's say for some reason you want to buy stuff that's not just Michigan State, like today, don't tell anyone this. I was rocking my Arizona State home field shirt all day today because, again, sweet designs, vintage logos, you're just going to look great in home field apparel. So go to homefieldapparel.com, smash in promo code LOS23 for 15% off of that first order. Again, LOS23, all one word, LOS23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. All right, we have some uh, some cleaning up to do here over the last few days because there have been a smattering of high school commits. Uh, some that just broke very recently and some that broke late last week, so apologies for waiting until now to get to them. But let's just clean up everything with high school recruiting before early signing day kicks off on Wednesday. And we're going to start with the biggest position on the field out of Illinois, Alessio Milovucevic. That's right, I'm getting better with that last name. Mila Vucevic. I, I'm going to have to practice that name a little more, but we're feeling a little, a little more comfortable around there. Anyway, three-star, dual-threat quarterback, 6'3", 215-pound kid who runs with physicality. I mean, 6'3", 215 pounds for high school, that's a really good build. Going into college, that's a good starting block to becoming a physical running quarterback. But yes, he absolutely lays the hammer down on his highlight tape. Now, this is kind of like a like a hidden gem discovery here for this staff very quickly once they got moved into East Lansing. They looked down at Illinois and said, huh, who's that Ball State commit down there? Uh, the guy who's been committed to Ball State for six months. Who is that? And yeah, they brought him up to campus for a visit. And I'm sorry, Ball State, I know you've had this guy in your clutches for six months, but... When the Big Ten comes a-calling, you pick up that phone, you take that visit, and you uh, commit to that staff. Now, down at high school, St. Francis over in Illinois, he completed 72% of his passes in his senior year, 40 touchdowns, just four interceptions, and also nine rushing touchdowns as well. And that highlight tape, right off the bat, just immediately, you already see the full package right there as to why this staff thinks he is very underrated. He kicks things off. With a 50-yard pass just in stride to his receiver. His next two throws, both on the run, going 20 or 30 yards downfield and hitting his guys in stride. Now, I'm no dummy. I know that you're only putting the good plays on the highlight tape. Like, I understand every throw isn't going to be like that. But the fact that he has those kind of throws on the run, feet off the ground, or feet firmly planted and just slinging it 50 yards... These are good building blocks to go off of because, hey, it's not like he has to be a day one starter. He will be behind Aiden Childs for at least a year, if not two. Groom him into this quarterback role, put him in your system, and see what kind of flower can blossom. So, hey, the quarterback room getting a little filled up here. Right now it is just Aiden Childs and Alessio Milovucevic just hanging out, drinking tea together as they are breaking down film. Now, will they take another freshman quarterback in this class? It very well could be possible that Tyler Cherry, a former four-star Duke commit, could still be on the board for Michigan State. It is reported that Tyler Cherry is between Indiana 
and Michigan State as well. But, hey, that is how Michigan State will fill this quarterback room by two freshman quarterbacks in the same class, hopefully, or if not, just throwing a prayer that a guy wants to be a backup here at Michigan State out of the transfer portal. Now, another gentleman out of high school, Brandon Tulis, six foot two, two hundred five pound running back from the great state of Texas, a former Oregon State commit. He makes it the second running back for the 2024 class. Also, joining forces with Makai Frazier, who, which ironically enough. Brandon Tulis and Makai Frazier played Little League together growing up. So two physical, powerful running backs for this class being added by Jonathan Smith's uh, staff. And yes, two former Oregon State commits. And speaking of former Oregon State commits here, we got another one for you. Andrew Brinson. Three-star athlete bordering on four-star, uh, according to rivals, actually. He is right on the cusp of being a four-star guy. Six-foot-two, 180-pound athlete, just like we said, but will profile as a cornerback or a nickel or, hey, maybe even a safety if that is what they need. He is the fourth defensive back in this class, joining Jalen Thompson, Justin Denson, and Keyshawn Williams. And, hey, why did he commit to Michigan State? Why did he come follow this staff? Well, he told Spartans Illustrated the following. Why I chose Michigan State was mainly because of the coaching staff. They are all genuine people and great coaches. And the Big Ten is one of the best conferences, if not the best conference for football. And they're only going up from where they're at right now. They also got a commit from Austin Clay earlier on Monday. Three-star athlete out of Ohio. More than 1,600 all-purpose yards in his senior year. And he is the second wide receiver in this class, joining none other than the man, the myth, the legend, four-star Nick Marsh. So, with this class right now, we're sitting at 13 kids for the high school 2024 recruiting class. Okay, so Rivals has them at 70 overall. 24-7 Sports has them at 61st overall, and On3 has them at 63rd overall. Now look, let's not get it twisted. I'm not going to pop champagne over this. We're not going to print commemorative t-shirts uh, celebrating this class. You know, saying, oh my god, it's over. We're finally competing with Georgia. We did it, guys. But I will be honest, okay? This is really nice work by Jonathan Smith to do this quick work leading up to early signing day, which, again, is on Wednesday. And I don't even know why they call it early signing day. This might as well just be signing day. This is when at least 80% of the kids, if not even higher, are going to sign their letter of intent. Hey, guys, let's rewind the clock back. To when Jonathan Smith took over, and this is for the naysayers, the ones that are freaking out that, oh my god, we're only rated in the 70s or the 60s. A few weeks ago when he took this job, Michigan State had, what, eight or nine kids in its whole class? The task that Jonathan Smith had at hand for high school recruiting for the 2024 class is just to get that number as close to 20 as humanly possible. You cannot sign a class that only has 12 kids, 13 kids as it stands right now, and just call it a day because, yes, while this isn't a four-star laden class, you do need bodies. And also, I've said this up and down the last few episodes, I'm going to sound like a broken record at this point, but they are filling the rest of the gaps with kids they have already known, kids that they know fit their system, kids that also like the coaches as well. And what I mean by that is, of course, 
fellow, or sorry, former Oregon State commits. All right, they're not just throwing spaghetti at the wall and throwing offers to every single Matt kid out there. Yes, you have a few of those with Austin Clay and also the quarterback, Mila Vucevic, but... You knew you do need some of those kids in there. You are also getting a great deal from kids that you already know. I cannot emphasize that enough. This is not just another one of those coaching uh, turnovers where they are just panicking. It, 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 it is a mad dash to early signing day, but it's organized. It's methodical, and it is with familiarity of the kids that they already know. So let's say that they do get that number as close to 20 as possible. Let's say that they do get to 20 kids, all right? And that is including four-star Tyler Cherry, the quarterback we talked about. But the rest of the way, the other five kids, the other six kids being three stars like Rakeem Jarrett, Cameron Campbell, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Let's say you get to 20 kids with just one more five, or one more four-star and then five or six more three-stars. That's going to have you ninth in the conference for next year. And that's ninth out of 18 teams. That's also factoring in Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC. That puts you at halfway in the Big Ten. Top 35 in the nation as well. Now, guys, I know that isn't anything to go crazy over. But last week, when we started our week... Okay? We all woke up and Michigan State was 17th out of 18 in the Big Ten. This is just saving face, we'll call. This is just mad scrambling, but succeeding while doing so. A top 35 class in the country would be... I, I'm not going to call it a miracle. I'm not going to say it, it should go in the book of Ephesians or you know make the New Testament. But it would be a really, 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 really impressive job by Jonathan Smith to do that quick of work just after taking the job, and especially for a program that, let's be honest with ourselves, guys, is in a bit of a rebuild as well. So that's where we stand on high school recruiting. And, and I, I want to emphasize this, too. This is ninth in the Big Ten if everything goes according to plan, mid-30s, most likely in the 40s nationally. But this isn't even taking into consideration the transfers that we just talked about. Or, hey, how about that really fun quarterback we just got in Aiden Childs? These guys aren't even factored into the rankings. So, yes, realistically, this is as good of an offseason as you could have hoped for for when Jonathan Smith took over. I say realistically because I know there's going to be the faction of that fan base out there that thinks that we should have also got Dante Moore, too, that thinks that we should be landing at least eight four-stars when Smith took over. But, no, in reality, this is probably as good as it could have gotten so far. Again, we're not going to unfurl the Mission Accomplished banner and, you know, say that we're going to win the 2026 national title, but this is a really good starting foundation for the building blocks moving forward. Now, other quick recruiting notes I just want to get to before talking about the basketball game. Brady Pretzlaff, he was the linebacker up in uh, the upper part of the Lower Peninsula in Gaylord, Michigan. He was committed to Minnesota. He decommitted. Now he will be committing somewhere on Wednesday at 3 p.m., now, let's be honest about who he's between. Uh, it's between Michigan State, it's between MSU, and it's between the school two and a half hours south of Gaylord that wears green and white and plays on Saturdays. Uh, but, God, it, it's going to be Michigan State. I don't mean to spoil it for the kid, but I, who else would it be after officially visiting Michigan State? And, well, he just saw the defensive coordinator he committed to in Minnesota. Just take the Michigan State job there. Also, let's circle back to this name right here, Cameron Campbell. This is a kid that when we talked with Brian Smith, our lockdown recruiting expert, who, by the way, we will talk to at the end of this week, when me and Brian talked, 
Cameron Campbell, Cameron Campbell is from Brian's neck of the woods down in Florida. He was really surprised that he committed to Michigan State for the reason that he thought that he could have got an offer from one of these Florida schools. He thinks that highly of him. Well, after he decommitted a few weeks ago, look who was back on campus over the weekend. Sure enough, it was Cameron Campbell. So could we be back on the one-yard line for a commitment, a recommitment for Cameron Campbell to make it five defensive backs in this class? Stay tuned on Wednesday. Very well could be blowing in that direction. Also, two other guys that we are on commit watch for. It is two gentlemen from the great state of Hawaii. It is Kike Burnett, three-star edge rusher out of Hawaii, who also, by the way, did visit BYU before visiting Michigan State. So this one isn't so clear-cut. There is some competition here for Kike Burnett Services. And then Rustin Ezekiel Kaalukuluku Yun. I need to work on that middle name there. But yes, Kaalukuluku, oh man, Yun. We're going to work harder on that one. But Rustin Yun is the uh, easier name to say right there. Four-star offensive lineman. He profiles as a tackle, again, out of Hawaii as well. Could be on commit watch for them. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. We're going to put a bow on this episode with a little bit of basketball talk here. Because, hey, they did it, guys. They, they actually strung together two really good games in a row. And, yes, I get that it's, oh, it was just Oakland. Oh, we always beat Oakland, which is true. But this year, Oakland has actually had some spicy games here. They beat Xavier on the road this year. They really hung with Ohio State for the bulk of that game. And they also covered the spread against Illinois as well. But Michigan State... No issue with Oakland, 79-62. to And I pray to God that you got Michigan State at minus 16.5 before that number blew up to minus 17.5. That Because that, that would be a bad beat, uh, as we call it. Because Michigan State had this game under control most of the game. Um, I know I just said 79-62. That seems like a pretty wide blowout. But no, it was, it was even worse than that. And really, I, they just hit the ground running right off the bat, especially on the defensive end, as they have done for many of these games. They held Oakland to 31% shooting from deep. On the whole game, 9 of 29 shooting for Oakland. But specifically in the first half, they held Oakland to just 29% field goal shooting. And that's not even just behind three-point land. That was everywhere on the floor. They were smothering them early. They out-rebounded the Grizzlies 24-17 in the first half as well. And just to bring a full circle, the full game with the defense, Michigan State got 18 points off of turnovers, which, hey, Against Baylor on Saturday, 29 points off of turnovers. And then 20 fast break points against Oakland as well. Now, I don't know if we're getting out of a funk. I don't know if, hey, maybe we spoke too soon when we said that the sample size is big enough and it's clear that Michigan State cannot shoot the three-point ball. But, you know, second second game in a row where things are looking okay. They shot 9 of 21 from three-point land, which was kind of needed in this game because Oakland played a lot of zone in this game. So yes, they had to shoot the ball over the zone many a time. So yeah, you got three three-pointers from Jaden Akins. You got two from Tyson Walker and then also two of five shooting from three-point land from Trey Holloman, who by the way, also four assists. Another really strong game from Trey Holloman. But this is what we talked about on yesterday's show after the Baylor game where We've seen enough shots go in for Tyson, or not Tyson Walker. Yes, we have seen plenty of shots going for Tyson Walker. He should be shooting a lot as well. But for Trey Holloman, at this point in the season, after the Baylor game, he was knocking three-pointers at like a, a 48% clip. And I know that 48% cannot be sustained for an entire year, but at this point, 
this long of the season, we've seen enough, and other teams also, more importantly, have seen enough this season to know that he's actually a legitimate three-point shooting threat. So enough of the games, Trey, where we're only shooting the ball three times behind the arc, only twice behind the arc. No, 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 no. Seeing him go two for five, it wasn't the two that I was impressed by that he made two of them. It's nice seeing that he's shooting five of them because, hey, what has been one of Michigan State's issues so far this season? Floor spacing. You get a guy like that out there taking five shots, taking six shots a game, keeping the defense honest out there, that's only going to help the rest of your team. Guys like A.J. Hogarth, a guy that is a little dependent on spacing, who, by the way, Another strong game. The the start of the game for him defensively wasn't that great, but did bounce back. 11 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, and a whopping 0 turnovers as well. Uh, Both Mati Sissoko and Carson Cooper each had 7 points and 8 rebounds. Mati getting to play a little bit more than Carson Cooper in this game, if you like to minute watch. Uh, And just other notes... Speaking of minute watching, uh, just seven minutes for Xavier Booker. Uh, He did have five points and a block. It did look good. But as far as guys that aren't named Davis Smith goes, uh, he was the only guy to play single-digit minutes in this one. And Tom Izzo addressed it after the game because I'm sure this is his favorite topic to ever address after the game the last few weeks. But this tweet from Spartans Illustrated, Izzo says that freshman power forward Xavier Booker is getting better, but, quote, not as fast as Twitter wants. Nice little shot for Twitter there. There we go. Us fellow idiots on Twitter, that is. Let's go. Hands up, everyone. Uh, Also, hey, former friend of the program, Rocket Watts, 16 points for him, which I got to say, like, I, I do like seeing. I don't think he left with a lot of animosity. I think most state fans are aligned with this, but I, I'm rooting for Rocket Watts. Clearly did not work out at Mississippi State after it didn't work out here at Michigan State. And then I wasn't really a great year for him last year at Oakland, but hey, that was his fifth game this year with double-digit scoring, and yeah, he caught fire late in the game, was very active, but yes, 16 points for Rocket Watts. Now, Izzo also referenced the net rankings as well, How and the disappointment too with uh, his team at the end of this game, because yeah, you won by 17 points, but that didn't mean Izzo was all smiles at the end of this one. He referenced net rankings and how they actually do factor in blowouts against teams, and that, well, Michigan State was up 26 points at one point, but that got shaved down to just a 15-point lead within six minutes. So, yeah, if that's uh, something that he wants to complain about with his team, by all means, that's actually a legitimate complaint there, Tom. So, yeah, rail on your team for that one. And last but not least, we are going to end with the man of the game, Tyson Walker, who, by the way, not really a great game, uh, which is fun to say because you could have a not great game and still put up, what, 14 points or whatever it was from Tyson Walker. But, hey, he's the man of the game because he scored his 1,000th point in a Spartan uniform, becoming the 54th Spartan to do so. And uh, Tom Izzo with a nice little Gary Harris comparison to Tyson Walker at the end of that one as well, which... I know it's interesting. I, I guess they do play the same position. They're more of wing players, more of the two players, but... Yeah, Gary Harris, a little bit of a height difference on there, but I see it. I mean, both guys that are three-point threats, both guys that have very, like, just black belt karate quick hands on defense as well. So I like that comparison too, Tom. Look at that. So, yes, congrats to Tyson Walker on 1,000 points. I know he listens to this show every single day, so he will definitely hear that. But in case you bump into Tyson Walker, 
Tell him that us at Locked on Spartans congratulates him for that. All right, gang, we will be back tomorrow chatting it up with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports ahead of early signing day on Wednesday. And then, just like I said, Brian Smith at the end of the week to talk more recruiting. It, this whole week is recruiting. This is recruiting bonanza coming up this week. So keep it tuned. Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Love you all. Go green.